you know me, I'm all about fun. Uh, so I think a good way to sort of tie that in is, is providing a, a fun little um, magic mirror photo booth with a fun little backdrop. And you can go and you can take photos and uh, with your family, learn a little bit more about Frames and For All. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, WFPR.FM, anywhere on the internet, in um, the Franklin Mass local area dial at 102.9, here today with a special session combining two things. So sorry, listeners, you're only going to get one output instead of having a separate piece of Talk Franklin with our town administrator, Jamie Helen, or the uh, town council quarterbacking, we're combining them today. So those folks don't really need any introduction, shouldn't need any introduction to you. They don't need any introduction to themselves. (laughs) And we're also joined by our (laughs) communications specialist, Lily Rivera. So we've got quite a gang for today. That makes it easier on all of us. (laughs) <laughs> and hopefully the listeners as well, Steve, right? Absolutely, because they're, they're the ones that we do this for. Um, and I, the, the line at the end, of course, we'll get to, but this we do this because Franklin matters. And there's an awful lot of stuff that we can talk about to recap, um, particularly starting with the town council meeting. You spent, what, four hours on Wednesday, another hour yesterday, and the budget is now approved. Time flies when you're having fun, Steve. It does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we Thanks did. Thanks for the length of those meetings, Steve. Uh, well, and it could have been longer. I mean, but that to the point that at least the FinCom over three nights answered a number of questions. And I think at least one counselor said it was beneficial to have those FinCom meetings because he answered a lot of his questions that way. Yeah, we did a lot. We did a lot more, uh, uh, or m- tried to make the community a little more aware of how important those finance committee meetings are, because they're the ones that are doing the deep dives into the school budgets uh, publicly. Uh, you know, as well as the school committee when they're building the budget. But the FinCom is really the one where they uh, do deep dives into some of them. So uh, we felt it was very important to try and get the community tuned in to uh, tuning in to the finance committee meetings and listening to them uh, go through the budget uh, even before it comes before the council. So uh, I think it was uh, uh, great uh, FinCon meetings. And then when we get into our uh, budget uh, hearings on Wednesday and Thursday night, yes, Wednesday night was kind of a marathon. Uh, we went at it for uh, four hours and, uh, but I think it was a really, really good session. Uh, a lot of good information. I, I believe uh, we're able to get through the entire um, budget uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, as it got to be about 10.15 or 10.20, I'm looking at what we have left. And I'm saying, well, do we call it tonight? Uh, 
But uh, to our town administrator's point, uh, with he and I had discussed earlier trying to, uh, if it was at all possible, get through the entire budget on Wednesday night so that maybe we didn't have to have all of the department heads out on a second night. So, uh, so it was good. We, we got through the entire budget. Uh, we're required by law to, to have two public hearings on the budget, which is why the second night is required. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so that's, just, that, that gives you the funding, Jamie, to continue the good customer service that the group, uh, certainly the town, is focused on providing. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, overall, I, I mean, Tom hit the, the highlights on the on the meeting, but, um, you know, overall, I mean, you know, we're just really grateful uh, for the support from really the council, the finance committee, the community, um, you know, all the different uh, boards, school committee. Um, as Tom mentioned last night, you know, this thing really, when we were discussing the cultural council line item, um, this process really starts in October. Um, actually, it never really stops, but I don't want to get down that rabbit hole. No, no. I don't, we don't want to really dig too deep into the town manager's head uh, because, uh, you know, it really is, it, it's a, it, it's 365 days for us. And, um, you know, we got a phenomenal finance team. Um, you know, Chris Sandini, our comptroller, has been in this business over 30 years. Uh, our treasurer collector now has been with us uh, for over six years. Uh, our assistants, Linda Darling and Marina Malamud, um, are uh, incredibly bright and talented and all the support staff with them. And, you know, they keep me on track. Um, you know, we got a lot of things to do. But, you know, I think for the listeners out there, what's really also important is, you know, by the time the budget gets to the council in, in, um, in May, I hate to say it, but their job is kind of easy. Um, they have two hearings, all the department heads are there, but, um, you know, the school committee has gone through their extensive process with the community over their budget. Um, the finance committee has referenced does three nights of deep dives line item by line item throughout every department. Um, they don't do holds like the council. They don't, they don't pass over a couple of smaller departments here or there, um, you know, to move it along, they go through everything. And, um, you know, they've always been an integral part. It's still, uh, most people don't know this, by the way, Steve, um, that uh, city forms of government like ours, the city known as the town of Franklin, don't have finance. Committees. And the finance committee is still an entity that's kind of a holdover of our hybrid form of government. And as I've always said, it's, it's probably one of the most integral uh, and, and critical boards when it comes to the budget. Um, they're really... Uh, that old adage, the buck stops here. I mean, it's a lot on them because they go through the budget. They talk to the school department. They do a presentation before them. This year we had, Steve, as you know, we had Superintendent Karen McGuire from Tri-County come, which um, yeah, I heard a lot of comments and got rave reviews. So, you know, just for the listeners out there, you know, by the time it gets to the council, this thing's been vetted through virtually every other avenue in town uh, over and under and up and down sideways and diagonally over the course of about four or five months. Um, and, um, you know, our staff does a great job and um, there's a lot of great community support for a lot of the stuff going on in town. And I'll just say I was at the Memorial Day breakfast and um, 
uh, Bob Catalano came over to me and uh, shook my hand and uh, gave a hug and <laughs> all that nice uh, stuff that Bob said. And he just looked up at me and said, I got to tell you, Jamie, he goes, your team and everybody in Franklin is doing one hell of a job. And so that's, uh, you know, that means a lot uh, from somebody uh, of Bob's stature. And um, I think, uh, I think overall, most people in the community feel very supportive and very fortunate for what we have. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, you know, one other piece here, uh, that Jamie was alluding to with the finance committee and us being, uh, you know, in a unique situation where we still have a finance committee. Uh, I think it's important for our listeners to know as well that the finance committee is an appointed committee. Yep. And one of the beauties of having an appointed finance committee is we're able to appoint experts, experts right. in the finance field sure. to uh, lead and serve on that committee. So uh, we really have some very, very strong people, not only within our administrative team and our town departments, but then we have this group of experts that are reviewing it again before it comes to the full council. And there's another group where we, we do have uh, a budget subcommittee within the council who takes a whack through the budget as well. And one of the things we started uh, not too many years ago was a joint budget subcommittee. Correct where we have uh, members of the school committee, members of the town council, or the, sub, the budget subcommittee of the school committee, the budget subcommittee of the town council, and a, a few members from the finance committee who meet to talk about the budget as well. So uh, it's really whacked around, looked at from many different angles by many, many uh, very smart people uh, before it even gets to the public hearings on the budget. Agreed. And, and, and with what Tom said, you know, a lot of listeners out there might be saying, you know, what is with all these committees, right? Like, oh my gosh, like committee, yeah. committee, committee, you know, and, and for the lay person who's busy these days, you know, I can understand that view, but that's the checks and balances of the system. That's to make sure, as Tom just pointed out, that the money's being spent wisely, that it's viewed from every angle. And um, the quantity of committees and the amount of uh, meetings that, uh, that are held on the budget, that's my problem. <laughs> you know, um, that's what I get uh, tasked and paid to do and love it. Um, but, you know, it's really a great system of checks and balances to make sure that this thing is viewed over every year. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, our financial audits and um, our bond rating is now hit AAA. And I think that's why uh, we've got a great clean uh, bill of, of good health from uh, the finance end, because uh, because it does go through that extensive process. Indeed. And for the listeners, just to remind a couple of things, um, if you need a little bit more of that deep dive on the finance process, which to Jamie's points is ongoing, it's really kind of three budgets in one. You're always looking back. There's something left over, perhaps. There's the current budget, and then there's the planning for the future budget. So you've got three going on at any point in time, and it's an ongoing cycle. 
so that audio with Chris and Terry is available. Uh, they did a wonderful job and that'll be green. I think the only thing that was in there was they were talking about potentially getting the AAA, which at this point, of course, we know we got, but everything else mm -hmm. in there is focused on the process. So that'll be green for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. Second point, the only other person I think of significance that you didn't mention yet in terms of the process is certainly Miriam Goodman within the school side and her expertise, particularly around chapter 70, which is in itself a beast to understand, is key to uh, the bringing together the right questions, the right people, the right expertise, so that by the time you get to it in terms of the council and the final hearings, you know, it's it's somewhat easier yeah. it's i mean it's always a challenge there's always discussions but they're all good miriam goodman makes everything for everybody easy um i know tom's known her a lot longer than me um i've said it a million times and you know i'm not trying to get into school business uh you know we stay in our lanes but uh miriam is uh you know one of the best the town of franklin has um you know she's one of the smartest people i've ever met and um, she makes it very easy for all of us. And I know Sarah and Lucas <laughs> and everybody, I'm sure, feel the same way. And I was really glad, Steve, uh, not to uh, go too far off on a tangent, but I was really happy that um, Councilor Hamlin and a couple of folks seemed to make mention of uh, the need for additional support for her. Um, she is virtually a one-woman show. Um, right. And she's got great support staff, do payroll, vendor payments, and you know, all that stuff about the, the basic mechanics, but in terms of strategic visioning, uh, food services, transportation, um, state finance, federal finance grants, um, she's, she's, she's everything. And yeah. um, at some point we, uh, we certainly have to look at that. And again, I'm not trying to get into school business for the school committee members or others who may be listening to this, but um, you know, I, I just think that, um, and I, I'm sure Tom will agree with me. She's a, uh, she's a very special employee for sure. For sure. She's, she's one of a kind and has been for as many years as she has worked here. Uh, she's just, uh, such, such a wealth of information. Uh, you know, any, any community would would be in awe of having somebody like her uh, working for them uh, within, within their community. And it's a case of where she does her job so well, that additional piece, that extra help thing, sometimes goes unnoticed. Mm -hmm. So to Jamie's yeah. point, I think it was uh, this year, it was really nice to hear uh, Councillor Hamblin, and uh, I think there was another councillor, and I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, that mentioned, well, geez, does she have enough help? And yeah. again, to Jamie's point, that's not a council decision. Those decisions are within the school department. Uh, but I know uh, Chair Spencer, as well as the rest of the uh, school committee, are looking at, you know, how can we what can we do to help Miriam? Because we certainly uh, need her and need her expertise. So anything we can do to help her uh, is a great benefit to the community yeah. as a well. whole. Yeah, those are the conversations that will be had between now and the start of the next budget cycle. So absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. 
And in terms of, uh, there were a couple of other smaller meetings, shorter meetings, but still critical meetings. Uh, the capital budget took the second pass of the uh, free cash to look at. Um, clearly, uh, for those, and if you're not aware, for those listening, uh, generally there's a first pass to utilize free cash. Some is set aside until the winter is over. And fortunately, winter and all the bills have now been settled. So you have some additional funds to allocate. Uh, and that was done on Wednesday. And that'll come to the council at their, I assume, June 8th meeting. Right. I'm going yep, um, to let Jamie do this one uh, only because <laughs> it hasn't come to the full council yet. And I wasn't able to make that subcommittee meeting. Yeah, it was um, the capital subcommittee is chaired by Councillor Pellegrini and um, Councillor Chandler, uh, Councillor Cormier-Ledger and Councillor DeLorco. And um, as Steve mentioned, usually this is excess funds uh, that were not spent on uh, snow and ice removal. Um, so about 800,000 was the number, 800, 836,000, I think to be precise, uh, in leftover funds, um, about 230,000 of that has been uh, looked at and approved for additional snow and ice removal to pay the bills, uh, from this past winter, uh, about a half a million will go into roads and infrastructure, uh, which has been tradition in Franklin, um, yep. any unused snow and ice, uh, goes to, uh, to go into the roads program for Brutus. And, um, and then uh, there was a small request to technology, uh, desktops, uh, docking stations, and some other technology needs as uh, Tim Raposa goes through and um, updates and, and replaces uh, um, computers for both the school staff uh, as well as the town staff. Um, some of the computers, as Tim had uh, mentioned, uh, date back to 2014. They're on like Windows 7. Um, and obviously I, I knew Steve that would get a laugh from you and uh, every, yeah, it's funny, but it, it's funny. There's been some nooks and crannies that the pandemic has kind of had us go back and review. And a great example is our new chef down at the senior center. Um, you know, we went in and looked at the computer and it was running on, uh, it was, it was terrible. It was, yeah. it was almost unfathomable how slow it was. And so there's a great example of one. There's other school employees in the cafeteria workers and others that have computers that date back so far. Um, it really does hinder some of the progress and the innovation and creativity of those uh, folks. You know, just noted like the new chef down at the uh, senior center uh, who's doing all the ordering, the managing of everything. Um, and so that's been going uh, really good. So uh, fortunately, the, the uh, subcommittee approved all that. And we'll move on to the council, as you said, Steve, on June 8th. And I think that speaks to, again, the fiscal prudent, prudent approach that has been taken by the town. You only have a certain amount and you always prioritize and thereby now with the extra money, you're able to get into some of the things that had fallen off the list previously because there weren't funds. And yeah, hopefully there's not too many uh, older than Windows 7 by the time we get around to it next time. But that, that's the way it is. And at least yeah. it's being addressed. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And then the that other means, that, means, that means my Radio Shack TRS 80 probably needs to be retired. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I think somebody else was mentioning that they're uh, answering Councilor Chandler's answering working, machine. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, Councilor Chandler's <laughs> answering machine. Absolutely. <laughs> Little audio cassettes with some Maxell XL2s to put in there or something uh -huh. like that. Well, live, you're on Eight tracks. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Technology is the way of life. It is. Yes. 
Well, and then in on Thursday night, uh, a shorter meeting in front of the regular council part two was the economic yep. development committee meeting, and they reviewed the uh, results from their expression of interest for the old South meeting house. Yeah, the um, you want me to take it, Bob? Yeah, yeah, so, go um, ahead. Jamie. You know, I I think we're gonna we're definitely gonna uh, find your comments uh, on this. Uh, intriguing. I, I can't wait to hear them, um, given where you live and your history in town. But uh, we did have a couple uh, of entities uh, uh, interested. Um, we had some places of worship, which we which we assumed would be uh, an area of interest. But we also uh, had some interest from Habitat for Humanity, which, you know, to be honest with the community, I'm kind of pinching myself a little bit. Um, you know, there's such an incredible organization um, with such an incredible brand and, and huge uh, networking throughout uh, Massachusetts, the region and the country. Uh, I was shocked and, and really pleasantly surprised. And so the EDC, which is chaired by Councillor Hamlin and also has Councillor Frangillo, Councillor Jones and Councillor Sheridan um, discussed it. And uh, a majority of the board moved it on to the full council to recommend that uh, the council put out a request for proposals for, for housing. Um, uh, anybody can bid, not just Habitat for Humanity, it could be any private uh, individual or uh, nonprofit. I think the EDC was aiming towards the nonprofit way because I think um, we all know the issue with affordable housing, right? I think we all get the housing market and there's a greater demand for affordable housing and what I really term middle-class housing, quite frankly. Um, middle-class housing is what's needed desperately uh, for middle-class families. And um, it's not being built these days. It's just no. simply not. And no. so I thought, um, you know, that was an interesting point. And um, I, I would just close before uh, handing it over to Tom you know, it just, I, I want to give Councillor Pellegri a, a shout out. Um, she's been a force on this one for a long time. Uh, my predecessor, Jeff <laughs> Nutting, was never optimistic for this. Um, and he'll, uh, and he'll uh, validate and uh, be proud of his stance on that. But, um, you know, we've kind of stuck at it, I think. And, um, you know, we've just tried to throw it out there and see if anything stuck. And I, we did a great story on WGBH, did a half hour segment on it. Uh, the Metro West Daily News did a front cover story. Uh, it got some media attention, which was great. And um, it's just exciting to be able to see a possible hope uh, for something to be done on that property. Uh, it's a gorgeous building and there's a lot of potential and um, we're glad that some entities saw the potential in it. Yeah, uh, just to follow up uh, uh, on some of Jamie's comments. Uh, yes, you know, I'm one, I, I live uh, half a mile from uh, the South Franklin Church. Uh, and maybe uh, I have been to many Christmas Eve services that were held back when it was being used by the uh, Franklin Federated Church at, at that church uh, back in the late 60s and 70s. 
so it you know it's a great historical building in town and uh it's in pretty tough shape uh and, you know everybody's aware of that but it's such a historical piece that it's been you know it's kind of been as uh jamie said councillor pellegri's been a force behind this uh we just didn't don't want to lose that building uh as it sits there today so we've tried many i've been on the council for over a dozen years here and uh, we have tried many ways <laughs> Uh, to make use of that building. We've done studies and uh, we had an architect come in more recently and the cost to rehab it uh, is, you know, just something that uh, councils, recent councils haven't felt that uh, it was something that the councils and the town could, could afford to do. So going out for these expressions of interest uh, uh, was something that uh, we, you know, I don't think I was overly excited that we were going to get much from that. But uh, again, to Jamie's point, and whoever were were involved in doing some of the marketing that was done with the uh, WGBH uh, in the Metro West pieces, uh, I think it spurned some interest and it put it on, uh, you know, uh, in front of some people that uh, when we did, did send out the expression of interest, we got a couple of responses. So uh, I'm really excited about uh, the fact that we did get some expressions of interest, and I can't wait to get into some discussions as to uh, where we go with it. We all know that uh, there's limited parking there, but if there's a way for us to uh, keep the uh, facade uh, of the building the way that it is, um, and again, that'll be part of the topic of discussion at accounts at the council meeting uh, before we go out to RF for an RFP, because, you know, we'll have to uh, put whatever restrictions that uh, the council feels comfortable putting putting on them. Uh, but there is limited parking there. So that hurts commercially and uh, 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 even from a church standpoint to a degree because there is very limited parking. So uh, I think the Habitat for Humanity is something that really, as Jamie said, is intriguing and exciting. And uh, I, as a counselor, certainly look forward to having uh, some very good discussions about this in the very near future. And just a couple of points to kind of reiterate and make sure that the listeners fully understand, uh, not that you haven't elucidated uh, in the details, but so that they don't get lost in those details because there's all good points. Um, one, this is just simply a subcommittee bringing it forward to the town council for a further discussion to proceed with an RFP, which would then still have to be drafted and reviewed before actually going out. So there's still a lot of details, still more work to be done. But yeah, to the extent that there was interest. That's great. Um, a couple of varied pieces of interest, which resulted in the two 
formal proposals or at least responses of interest. But I think from what I recall, Jamie said there was perhaps, you know, dozens or more phone calls, inquiries, et cetera, including a couple of key site visits with a bunches of folks. So there was at least call it significant interest, not that it was overwhelming, but there was interest. The property itself, obviously, without reiterating, uh, is challenged because with the trees and the layout, there's not really a whole lot of parking. Um, and then those details are going to be put in the RFP in terms of what needs to stay, what the person or proposal would need to consider. Um, but back to the housing piece, that I think clearly from an affordable housing and housing overall, that's been on the watch list for Franklin Matters for a couple of years to the extent mm -hmm. that whatever, whether it's Habitat or Humanity or some other like proposal, at least it does maintain some of that, uh, create some uh, limited housing, but create housing and add something else to the tax revenues, as opposed to, with all due respect, the church as valid as it would be, wouldn't add something to the tax revenues. And I don't want that to be the only one that's just, that that's going to be a discussion point. But yeah, I think that kind of recaps it to, uh, to where we're at. And there's more to come on that as we go forward. So we can move on to the going forward part. And after, well, there's no council meeting the 1st of June. Uh, there are a couple of other events. June 3rd is the high school graduation. And then the weekend after is the big strawberry stroll, art walk. Uh, it's going to be a good time. There's so much stuff coming up, and uh, we're finally going to let Lily jump in here. Who's <laughs> been waiting patiently like a fly on the wall, as she says, uh, you know, to listen in. But, um, you know, we got a council meeting. Uh, well, we, first, we have a community preservation committee meeting on uh, June 7th, which is That's when right. they'll take a look at the full um, plan for next year. Some of it came up during the budget hearings with the Red Brick Schoolhouse, yep. Historical Museum. Um, and some other projects, recreation, uh, contribute, yeah. con recreation, Nason Street Tot Lot, which, again, I'll give a, a shout out to Councilor Sheridan, who lives near there, and um, who has advocated with us to uh, put in a platform for ADA accessibility uh, at the highest level. And so we've designed that out uh, for that park. We'll use CPC funds. Um, it's going to be a great historic preservation project at the Redbrook Schoolhouse. Another one that I know Chair Mercer is really heard a lot about and for a long time and uh consular Pellegri also again has been a huge advocate and and then they'll be making some um our 10 percent minimum contributions to the franklin ridge project for affordable housing so a lot of exciting stuff that night june 8th the council meeting um and then um really at the end of a couple of weeks from now after graduation uh next weekend and all the other fun stuff uh the downtown partnership annual strawberry stroll will be back will be back and the Franklin for All and EDC Plus Steering Committee will be there um, to do a huge booth. And I know uh, Lily and her uh, 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 colleagues have been planning a huge, uh, a huge um, splash at that. And so maybe Lily, you want to discuss uh, what you got in store for the Strawberry Stroll and what the listeners can come attend to? Yes, absolutely. So um, we had our public forum on uh, our second public forum for Franklin for All. We got where we presented the draft rec zoning recommendations for the downtown. Um, so basically this event is a good opportunity to be in the downtown and take a, a peek at uh, you know, 
some diagrams, some different photos, talk a bit, talk a bit more about the project, uh, inform some more community members about it, let them make sure that they are, you know, we're doing outreach on that. Uh, but you know me, I'm all about fun. Uh, so I think a good way to sort of tie that in is, is providing a, a fun little um, magic mirror photo booth with a fun little backdrop and you can go and you can take photos and uh, with your family, learn a little bit more about Frames and For All, uh, have your strawberry shortcake, have a good time. Uh, so I think it's a good time to sort of connect with the town and have a nice photo. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm, ex I'm really excited for that. It's my first time going to Strawberry Stroll. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing the community sort of come together. Um, it's also a, I, think, I believe it's a half day for the uh, public schools. Uh, so it gives families a nice sort of activity to you know, transition into the weekend. Um, and just really anybody to just connect with the community, which I think right now we certainly need just sort of a socially and emotionally. Uh, so I'm really excited for that. Yeah, the downtown partnership uh, booth setup is limited to partnership members this time. So they won't be quite as expansive, but it'll be focused truly on the Franklin. There'll be a Franklin TV booth. So you'll be able to find out some of the other details of the implementations that TV, radio, and Franklin Matters is part of that are making, uh, particularly with like the YouTube broadcast recently. But I, I love the concept of having the booth downtown to truly discuss, because then you can look around Main Street and picture, okay, well, what do we really want here? How would this fit? And that's a great visualization yeah. for that. Absolutely. Yeah, Lily um, on this one really is... Uh outdone herself this time and just for the record she is very fun uh, sometimes i think that might be her middle name um and she always has like extremely creative ideas and the the, the photo booth she came to me uh not too long ago was you know uh you know kind of jumped in and said that i have an idea and i was like run with it i mean let's get that done i mean that's a phenomenal idea and to your point steve i've always wanted to have a forum on Main Street in downtown, yeah. people to just point to, like you said, this is what we want. Why can't that go here? You know, we'd like, you know, we hear it all the time. Where's the ice cream? Um, you know, and that's, that's really, I think, for the citizens, I think, you know, zoning, this stuff is really hard. And so Lily's doing a great job trying to make it fun, right? Because really, that's what we want is for people to just tell us what kind of stuff they want. Mm -hmm. um and instead of getting into all the zoning which you know is is chair mercer and everybody else can validate lily might say the same thing it's pretty boring it's, uh very bureaucratic in a sense and it's 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 a hard hard topic to understand and so um that's why we have lily is to make all this stuff fun for people and not boring and dreary and then for the reminder that friday from 4 p.m to 8 p.m downtown there'll be a host of boots host of other franklin organizations i know the school committee is going to have a booth there there's dozens of others we'll be sharing out as the booth layout comes out from the downtown partnerships everybody will be prepared to say where to go certainly stop for the shortcake <laughs> that's one of the key pieces but it's not the only piece and i know the downtown partnership will also be exciting uh because the art walk coordinating with Franklin mm. Arts Association, Cultural Council, Cultural District, and then the Ladybug Trail gets introduced. Um, and hopefully that'll generate ongoing traffic downtown as people follow and look at the ladybugs and then stop here or there or, you know, there's, there's lots to do. 
And Steve, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on the ladybug trail, uh, and I'm gonna speak for the chief of police because um, I uh, I was in this situation this morning. I was driving through downtown. <laughs> we we want to encourage people to walk the ladybug trail for many yes. reasons. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but to walk the ladybug trail because as I just found out myself calls in downtown because as you drive around you all of a sudden now are starting to see little things popping up on the side of the Rome and other buildings throughout downtown and you kind of do a triple take and go what's that and uh please pay attention to the road <laughs> and the traffic lights in the center of town uh so nobody nobody's getting into any accidents looking for these bugs all over the place which uh you know, I have to say, I think are really cool. You know, I think it's they're nice little landmarks everywhere. And uh, the partnership did a great job putting that together. So please walk the Ladybug Trail, window shop, eat out. Uh, and be careful when you're driving. <laughs> well, this is good and covered a bunch. And I thank you all for participating. I think we covered there's nothing else offhand that, other than, you know, there's a lot happening here, of course. No, the only other thing I'd mentioned just to end off with Lily's project, um, so when Lily does the booth on the strawberry stroll for the Franklin for all, um, you know, at the end of the month, we should have a final report from uh, MAPC on the zoning study. And then the EDC steering committee is going to get together at a meeting date to be determined in the summer. And they're going to each take three votes on their uh, priority recommendation. And that will give the staff some direction and the council some direction on, uh, on what the uh, recommendations they'd like to implement first. So um, very exciting stuff. And so I hope everybody who's been involved in that so far uh, hangs in there for another month or two and uh, have your voice be heard. Yeah, because certainly as indicated, uh, just to reinforce, clearly this is the start of significant discussion. Get your clarification questions at the booth at the harvest at the uh, October strawberry stroll <laughs> harvest festival that's later did i lose the summer <laughs> we don't want to lose the summer we're just about to start no we just started the summer steve <laughs> that's what i'm thinking especially the golfers out there are really excited don't want summer to go no absolutely not <laughs> uh steve if i could just add one one thing, because I don't think uh, I brought it up early on or that any of us did, I think uh, for those listeners who really uh, haven't watched a lot of our budget sessions is what the total budget number is. For no, the we didn't talk number. <laughs> we talked process. Yeah, we talked process. We didn't talk amount. So just so that the uh, uh, our listeners do uh, hear what that town budget number is, it's $142 million. So mm -hmm. that's a lot of money. And uh, uh, it's a big budget for us to manage. Uh, but our administrative team does a great job with it. So yeah, no, no personnel cuts and in addition, two significant additions, at least to the DPW. I think most of the others were relatively yes. minor and or repositionings. But yeah, um, yeah that right. was also a, a strategic well, one. And manager, we're fortunate. I'm going to stand up for HR here, Steve. You know, um, we've got the best in the business in Franklin in a lot of places and nowhere is there better uh, than our human resource benefits, which is a joint position from the school and the town. 
to help administer the ever growingly complicated network and web of healthcare. Um, and so uh, that was one of the other positions added in as well. I think that was one of the, to that point, the health increase this year overall in terms of supporting the health requirements was actually probably the least it's been in the last several years, which is to the credit of that uh, subcommittee to focus on those opportunities. Absolutely. I think uh, just sort of, I want to touch in too. I know we briefly touched on graduation. Um, I think, I think you should hold a little bit more space for that. Uh, just because, you know, as you know, this time of year is always great in every community because you see all the signage around town congratulating the graduating classes. Um, yeah. And as you know, this is my first year with the district and the town, and I feel as though graduation season here is especially significant uh, with our strong historical ties to education, you know, being yep. the mm-hmm. birthplace of Horace Mann and sure. the home of the, fir- of, you know, the nation's first public learning library. Um, so I think graduation time is also a time to reflect on the town's you know, history and efforts of our educators, you know, current and past um, over the years and really revel in what I see as a, a great full circle moment. Um, so I think that's just something you need to take, you know, take some space on and sort of reflect upon, you know, uh, being a Franklin resident and, you know, overall all of that. Uh, but aside that great weekend of celebration, uh, I know Tri-County's uh, graduation is June 5th. Um, so congratulations to everyone. Uh, yes. You know, good weekend for celebrations, not probably the best weekend for like a leisurely drive around the town maybe hop on a bike or something but overall yeah (laughs) yeah thanks for bringing that up because the graduation certainly from a franklin high school perspective they also go into the all-night party and i believe the all-night party is still looking for volunteers so we'll put that plug in there but yeah tri-county is here and then I think it was referenced in some of the council comments there are certainly other graduates where graduates of fhs have now gone on to post-graduate college, et cetera. And all of those, this is also that season for graduation. So yeah, there's a number of folks we don't want to lose sight of that because uh, just because it's not FHS, they're they're just one piece of the big puzzle. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. Good point. Well said, Lily. Well said, Lily. And, um, you know, a great uh, ending to the podcast and congratulations to uh, all the kids and their families and the community at large, uh, Franklin High School and Franklin Public School District is a is an elite public school district for sure, and um, they do a fantastic job. And I'll repeat what you had said. This is one budget in one period where we have so much to be grateful for. So let's let's take that moment and enjoy mm-hmm. it. It's always good to take the win. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I knew you'd laugh at that, Jamie. <laughs> oh yeah, gotta take the win. Take the win. Take the there win. is Bill Parcells, one of my favorite quotes ever. Yeah. A win is a win is a win. Yeah. Yeah. On to yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. On to Cincinnati. Yeah. All, right. all right. Enjoy. Thank you all for all participating. Right. This has been fun. Yeah. And Thank we you. do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve.com at gmail.com.
The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.